Hello and welcome to the Boomtown Hoops first round series preview. We're talking about the Thunder and the Rockets. I'm your host, Weston Shepard, the founder of Boomtown Hoops. I'm joined tonight by my internet friends, Bruce Williams, talking Rockets. This man is the host of the Balls Life's Noble and Roosh podcast on Dash Radio, host of the Clutch City Control podcast. And he is also a man I first met as our double and also Lord Williams of the High Court uh, back in the day. So, Roosh, thanks for joining us. I've also been joined by Nick Crane, who covers the Thunder for Forbes, and he also covers the NBA for Slam Magazine. Nick, thank you. And, of course, here in the bottom left is an NBA Twitter Hall of Famer, Mr. James Holis himself, a.k.a. Snotty Drippin'. Fellas, how you guys doing tonight? Doing well, man. Thank you for having us on. I appreciate you guys having me. 1-0, baby. We're doing well. We were a little bit late because Snotty needed to take some time to, what you call, bask in the Celtics win? I was just basking in the the two J's tremendous performance tonight. So, yes. They look good, man. I, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm very, very happy for you. But we are here to talk about the Thunder and the Rockets. Game one, Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. Central on TNT. Real quick, Russell Westbrook has already been ruled out with his quad injury. Lou Dort is still day-to-day with his knee injury. But the series still has a ton of storylines, very dramatic. Let's get right into it. Thunder had a 2-1 season series win against the Rockets in the regular season. Not really sure it means anything because all those games came before we we really even knew what antibodies were. Um, so, Bruce, can you tell me what the Rockets look like now as compared to when we saw them back in January? Yeah, so I, I think everyone who's been you know following the season already knows the Rockets traded Clint Capella for Robert Covington. Um, and so every game in which the Rockets played the Thunder this season, Clint Capella was there. I um, mean, he was always in, in a lineup. And I think that fundamentally changes the matchup. Uh, because, look, what the Thunder did, uh, a lot of what the Thunder did was that they were isolating Capella, hunting him out, getting him on a switch, whether it was, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, whoever. They pretty much had their way with Clint Capella, at least as far as the eye test goes. Someone wants to pull up some basketball reference numbers and prove me wrong. Go for it. I don't know. But um, so that's what they did. And then on the other end of the spectrum, Capella was a space killer. Um, He allowed Steven Adams to roam in the paint. Uh, you know, and there were a lot of turnovers kind of forced by or caused by the Rockets trying to force it into Capella in tight space. Um, and now instead of that, they have another guy just kind of sitting on the three-point line shooting. Right. So a lot of Rockets fans think that Steven Adams might have a tough time on defense. I'm skeptical as to that fact. I think it's going to go 50-50. I think if the Rockets are hitting their threes, Adams will have trouble staying out there because then he's going to have to play them out there. Um, however, if the Rockets go on one of their cold spells, all of a sudden Adams becomes a force because now he's going to be dominating the offensive glass and the defensive glass, excuse me. And Houston, you know, won't be hitting their shots. So they'll be out of rhythm. So there's a lot of things that, that could result from the philosophical change that the Rockets made ideally for the Rockets. I mean, look, one of the toughest things is that it gave Russell Westbrook the ability to just go post up whoever or drive by whoever. And he's very good at doing that. And no one on Oklahoma city, at least as far as the guards are concerned, had the ability to guard him in the post. Um, you know, he was just able to kind of get what he wanted when doing so. But now Houston doesn't have that. And I don't think they, they should assume that even if 
Russell Westbrook comes back, that they're going to get the same Westbrook um, or that he won't re-injure himself. So, so now you're looking at Harden with four, three and D guys. They're going to run a lot of, you know, pick and roll at the top with uh, Jeff Green. He's been really good for them going off the roll, catching off the roll, finishing, dishing off the roll, whatever. Um, and then you're going to see a lot of Harden. So look, it's going to come down to Harden, whether or not he's on, whether or not he can have his way and dictate the game based on that. Um, and then it's going to come down to whether or not the role players are hitting their threes. Billy Donovan could double. Um, and if he does that, it's going to create a lot of space. But at the end of the day, it's going to be contingent on Harden getting it done and or whether or not the role players can hit their threes. Yeah, well, uh, we certainly hope they don't. But and you mentioned Jeff Green. I think him taking over the series is our worst nightmare, uh, along with Austin Rivers. James, what have you noticed about the Rockets? And do you think they're a more dangerous team now than they were back in January? Uh, the thing about the Rockets now is that I think their ceiling is higher, but their floors might might be lower. They might be the highest uh, variance team in the playoffs, right? Uh, if they all get hot and, say, Russ comes back and he's about 100% and, uh, you know, James Harden is James Harden, that they play five out and they just they just they bomb away. And if they're making threes, they're really tough to beat. Um, even defensively, they, you know, they swarm. They're not going to really gang rebound, but they swarm the post. They swarm the interior. They clog the middle for a guy like Steven Adams, right? He's going to be like uh, Gulliver's Travels with a bunch of little guys around him trying to pull him down. And, and it, 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 it's been working so far. Um, like, it, you know, essentially Westbrook is like a center right now. He's not playing in the middle, but, you know, he attacks the rim, scores a lot of points in the paint. I think I heard a stat they said in 2020, nobody had more points uh, in the paint than Russ Westbrook, even Giannis. You know, Giannis, who has been a monster, but in 2020, since they got rid of Clint Capella, Russ Westbrook has just been at the rim. Um, so if he comes back and he's healthy, because, uh, you know, I don't think Russ is going to come back and, and just – Russ can't go 80%. That's just not how he is, right? So he's not going to come back until he's healthy. So, uh, yeah, definitely the, the Rockets are very dangerous. But like you said, and we saw a couple years ago in the playoffs, they, they go historically cold. Um, uh, while the So, yeah, for the Rockets, I, I think they are definitely have a higher ceiling now with two superstars, you know, uh, who could play just basically beat you single-handedly. But just that that hole in the middle. Let's see if, as the playoffs grind hits and it slows down a little bit, they they can control the pace. That's the thing. Can the can the Rockets control the pace? Nick, how do you feel about the Thunder uh, on the flip side of that? Obviously, this is a different team as well. Uh, in terms of personnel, not really, but there's obviously been a lot of change in terms of the young guys really stepping up. How do you feel like uh, the Thunder will compare as uh, compared to the did in January? Yeah, I think um, Andre Robertson is going to be huge. Uh, I, I was pretty skeptical about what he could bring to the team coming off that injury. Um, against the Houston Rockets, I think he might actually be able to do something, playing that small ball five, even playing a lot of four. Um, we've seen Hamadou Diallo step up defensively. I'm not buying his offensive production he's had for the last few games. Uh, I will buy into him defensively. And then Darius Baisley, obviously – um, could play the five if you had to, but when it comes down to it in this series, um, I think the Houston Rockets have the entire series in their hands. They're going to live or they're going to die by the three. If they're on, there's absolutely nothing that Oklahoma city can do to win this series. Um, however, on the flip side, if they're off, I think that Oklahoma city has every chance to win this in, in six or seven games. Yeah, I agree with you. And like we were talking before the show, some of those games in early January, Rockets didn't shoot very well, really hard to know. Uh, what to expect as we move forward. 
one thing that I'm really loving about this series, obviously, is the subplot of the fact we swap point guards in the summertime. I'm curious how you guys feel about who's got more to lose in this matchup. Uh, not necessarily in terms of legacy, but maybe in terms of legacy. Uh, Roosh, how are you feeling about CP3 versus Houston and Harden, Russ and Harden versus OKC? And uh, yeah, tell me. I know you're a CP3 fan. Yeah, I, I think undeniably without question, um, Houston has more to lose in this matchup by far. Um, you know, the way that Harden and CP3 kind of ended was really sad to see, quite frankly, from a just from, as a fan. Um, but for whatever happened, there was apparently some type of disagreement or bad blood or whatever it is. Um, and it was seen at the time, you know, I think everyone thought that, you know, it looked like CP3 was just kind of getting shipped to OKC to kind of go live out the last couple of years of a bad contract, right? And Houston was getting rust and people were kind of unsure about the fit, but everyone was pretty certain that Houston had, you know, the better outlook, at least in the immediate future. And now here they are with the exact same record in the first round, you know? So that's, I think that's kind of embarrassing for Houston, especially when you look into the details of, of the motive behind the trade, which is a whole different story. But, um, but so that being said, I mean, look, I don't think anyone gets, and I'm clearly biased here, but I don't think anyone gets judged more unfairly than James Harden for all that he's achieved and all of the crazy feats he, he's had. And, and given that, you know, his recent playoffs, uh, playoff failures came at the hands of allegedly the greatest team of all time. Um, but that being said, he gets judged, you know, very harshly. A lot of people like to hate on him and, and label him, you know, different ways. So if he loses in the first round to CP3 the following season after okaying his trade, I don't see a bigger L than that. And then in addition to that, uh, for Russ, I mean, you know, people have kind of been skeptical of like how impactful Russ is. He hasn't been out of the first round since KD left. Um, so if he was to lose, I mean, I guess he's not playing, so he has less to lose. But if he does come back and play at some point, he'll shoulder some of the blame. And so if they lose, I mean, that's just another knock on his legacy and just kind of further proof that he doesn't get it done. So I think OKC's playing free, free of mind. I think all the pressure's on Houston. And now with Russ out, I think there's double pressure on Harden, whether he'll, he'll admit it or not. I just think it's impossible to not feel that. So, yeah, No, I agree. Snotty, how do you feel about that? Is this all falling on Harden? Um, I think it all falls on, uh, yeah, definitely on Harden and the Rockets. Like, like uh, you know, like Roosh, Roosh basically, he nailed it. He summed it up. They shipped Chris Paul off, and a lot of people said that the Thunder wouldn't make the playoffs. You know, I'll, I'll, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to plead to that too. I, I thought that they'd maybe scrap along, maybe fight with the seventh AC, but you know, I didn't think they'd be anywhere near this good. Um, I guess I have to say I might've underrated Chris Paul his whole career, Ooh. right? The number, and, you know, I, I'll admit it. I've never been a real Chris Paul guy. I'm more about his attitude. I, I, I respect his efficiency. Um, and I think I didn't, I didn't, I, maybe no one except for maybe Oklahoma city thought that, his leadership would translate to a, such a young team, right? A big thing with Chris Paul is he grates on the veterans. He bumps heads. He always has to be right. And, you know, we saw, I think, with the Clippers and and also with the Rockets that that kind of, you know, teammates start maybe tuning them out and it may cause some issues. Not in, not in Oklahoma City, right? In Oklahoma City, those guys are young. They're all hungry. They look to him as a mentor and a teacher, and they, they absorb everything he says. And, like, they've been better than the sum of their parts. So uh, his leadership is really on display. Uh, he, they're playing with house money in Oklahoma City. And, yeah, you got two guys who are paid and acting like superstars in Houston. If they don't pull this out, um, and I think they don't pull it out, like, even if it goes seven games, I'm going to tip my hat to OK, Oklahoma City. 
And uh, yeah, the Rockets, it's all on the Rockets right now. They, this is like, they're kind of like, you know, it's its almost like finals or bust for them. And, you know, that's an uphill battle. Yeah, no, I agree. Nick, it's its kind of strange. You've covered the Thunder. The pressure's always been on Oklahoma City. This is the first time in any sort of my memory that I'm hearing people that know what they're talking about saying that the pressure's on the other team. What's that like covering the Thunder? And how do you feel the Thunder fan base is, is handling all of it? Yeah, I, I think the term house money is spot on. Like this team was projected 31 and a half wins, you know, coming into the season and they shattered that. Um, the, the whole 0.2% chance to make the playoffs from the ESPN BPI obviously shattered that. Um, I think even if Oklahoma City, and, and I'm speaking for myself here, speaking for probably the fan base as well, if they were to get swept round one somehow, I still think you consider this a successful season. Like you – you've developed young guys. You've brought in Chris Paul, just the leadership that he's instilled in guys like SGA, Darius Baisley, um, just the trade value. Like, like regardless of if you win this series, Chris Paul's trade value is very high. Danilo Gallinari's trade value in a sign and trade is very high. Dennis Schroeder's trade value is very high. And when I say that, I'm saying relative to what they might've been before the start of the season, I think everybody's trade value has increased. Um, so that being said, you know, they've already got a, a treasure chest of draft picks. They've got a lot of young guys. I think regardless of how this series goes, it's it's a win and it's a successful season for OKC. Yeah, I agree. And, and James, I saw you shaking your head. I think uh, you were considering CP3's contract, if I'm correct. Uh, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, I, he's going to be a year older next year. He's still making that super duper star money and he's really good. But like... Yeah, I, I, there's there's certain teams that obviously he just wouldn't fit on, right? And it's like we've seen it. Like I think in Houston, they were less than the sum of their parts, and now he's so it's it's just. But yes, relative to the start of the season, absolutely, he still has a lot left in the tank. We see that um, he's such a smart player, so efficient for mid range. It is what it is. So yeah, yeah, it's he's it, it's true, and he's also elevated the value of a lot of those young guys. Like Darius Baisley was a a project. He's actually like a producer right now. But you know, in the bubble, he's been playing really well. So uh, yeah, I I can't argue with anything you said. Yeah. Hey, don't don't sleep on uh you know a team like Miami next year taking that contract on and making it the perfect rental. I think that could happen. Um, you know, I know that uh, Presty talked with them over the summer. I believe he wanted way too much, uh, so but he he generally does. So I, it'll be interesting to see if there's anything there. But uh, I I do think he he tried to to get a couple of their. Uh, I mean, I see a point where a team that is needing to contend within like a one to two year window could take the chance on it, um, given that he's shown he can sustain his level of play. You know, maybe like a team that needs that third piece, that third veteran or something like that. Um, but I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a cap guy, so I don't know. No, numbers. They I don't do numbers. In addition to Russ and Harden and CP3, we've got a really great backcourt matchup all around with Dennis Schroeder. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, we mentioned Eric Gordon before the show. I don't think Roosh has many nice things to say, but we did also mention Austin Rivers, who is coming off a recent 41 point performance, and he just kind of seems like the guy Thunder fans should be worried about because it's always the one we're not worried about. Uh, James, how do you feel about the Thunder's backcourt minus CP3? Does uh, the having Shea Gilgis Alexander and Dennis Schroeder? Uh, benefit the thunder in this sort of small ball kind of series against the Rockets? 
Um, I, I think it's a lot closer maybe than you would think when you hear Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Eric Gordon. You know, you think that's just like going to dominate the other side. But, uh, you know, I think the depth in OKC is going to help them a lot. Shea is obviously showing he's about to be a young up-and-coming star. Um, you got a guy like uh, Hamadou Diallo, gives you valuable minutes off the bench, athleticism, explosiveness, kind of could be like a, just like a chaos bringer. Um you want Dort to come back, right? Because I think Dort did an amazing job all, you know, on any perimeter player and especially Harden. Like, you know, in those games, he's he, – you can just sign a single up Harden and let him go. Um, you want – I'm worried a little about uh, Roberson uh, – sorry, Robertson, right? Robertson. I, I get it wrong right. all the time. Yeah, it's fine. Right. You want you – want, because, like, Robertson, he, he looks pretty good, at least defensively, but it's been such a small amount of games. And now right. that the pressure ratcheted up – and, you know, the shooting is still an issue, um, you know, until we see it a little more. It was f- fun first couple of games. But I, it's definitely a lot closer than you would think just from looking at it on paper. Just the depth in uh, Oklahoma City uh, versus, like, the star power in Houston. That's fair. That's fair. Roosh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, with, with Westbrook out, I think that's true. I, I think if Westbrook's healthy, you have a superstar backcourt versus a very, like, very solid balanced backcourt that gives you more just by sheer depth like by committee almost, you know? Um, but with with Westbrook out, I mean, look, Oklahoma City has uh, three guards that give you 18, <clears throat> 18 or more a game, two of those being Dennis Schroeder uh, and Shea, Gil- Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, and they shoot well enough or they have shot well enough from three over the course of the season to, to kind of scare me at least. Um, you know, I think CP3 is somewhere around like 36 or 37%. I think Shea is around 35, 36. And I think Schroeder's at 37, 38 Um and Schroeder's percentage is, I think it's his career high, or at least his career high in a while um, at this type of like volume and production and usage or whatever. So uh, that scares me. Um, and you're basically relying on Harden, who obviously he's great. He struggled against Oklahoma City this season. I think uh, I think we talked about it. He shot six of 40 from three, um, which is what? Not good. 320, not good. 15%. Not good. Um, not good. He went one of 17 in one of those games. So that's, like that that's not good. Um, Dort is out, which could be huge. It could prove to be very big. Harden yeah. doesn't really like those like short, stocky, strong, like not short, but shorter than him. Yeah. Um, scrappy defenders, kind of like, I think Dort's built somewhat like Marcus Smart, maybe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he just doesn't, Harden doesn't like that because what Harden likes to do is use his body and kind of use your length against you. Um, so he doesn't get to do that against smaller defenders. But all things being said, it's really going to come down. So what version of, and I know I keep saying what it's really going to come down to, but it's really going to come down to a couple things. But a lot of things, yeah. What version of Eric Gordon do the Rockets get? Because he's had one of the worst. He's had his worst season as a Rocket by far. Um, I don't have the numbers memorized, but I think he's putting up like 14, 14 and a half points on, I think like thirteen point two shots per game, something like that, which is terrible. Uh, he's shooting thirty one percent from three, which is definitely his lowest as a Rocket by far, and he's shooting that on like really heavy volume. Um, he's been injured for most of the season, like we talked about before the show came on. And, you know, for that reason, a lot of Rockets fans are hopeful that, hey, they'll, they'll get the real Eric Gordon. Um, I'm skeptical because he looks incredibly out of rhythm. He finally caught some rhythm in the second half against Philadelphia in the Rockets' last game on Friday, which was encouraging. I think he hit like three threes in the third quarter and they pulled him to kind of give him some confidence, ended on a good note. But, yeah, what version of him are we getting? Because, like, his handles are not there. So he's not creating. Um, and if he is trying to create, I think it's going to hurt Houston. Um, and then, yeah, what does Austin Rivers do? And also, I think Ben McLemore could play a big role. Uh, the Rockets like to play him. Mike D'Antoni likes him. 
He's by far their best shooter. I think he shot 40% on the season. I think he cooled off towards the end of the bubble. But um, those are my dogs. I'm sorry if you can hear them. But, uh, but the point is, he's Houston's weakest link on defense, specifically in the on the perimeter. And I think what Oklahoma City is going to look to do if Macklemore's out there is kind of switch and ISO him out um, and let their guards go to work. And so if Macklemore is able to outproduce on the offensive end what he gives up on the defensive end, that could be big for Houston. And if not, it could really hurt them because they kind of rely on his quick trigger. But all things considered, Oklahoma City has a very, in my opinion, a very scary backcourt. And if Schroeder, a lot of Rockets fans think Schroeder's year is an outlier. But if it's not, like if this is really Dennis Schroeder, then I think it's bad news for Houston. Yeah, it's interesting. And he just got back from the birth of the second child. Looked decent in the the final, you know, reseeding game. Looked quick. So we're expecting him to be who he was in the regular season. So uh, all things Real considered. Real quick, I just want to also highlight that uh, Schroeder, you know, obviously would, should be one of the contenders for a sixth man of the year. And uh, that backcourt, like, you know, the, the net numbers for that backcourt as far as uh, Shea, Chris Paul, and Dennis Schroeder all together, they basically, when they're on the court together, they're blowing teams out. You know, the net the net rating of those three together was like the best in the league or at least like a top three in the league. And that says a lot. So tip your hat to Schroeder. Uh, Roosh, you hit it his best year of his career, efficiency-wise. And defensively, he hasn't been anywhere near as bad as he was in the past. He actually looks engaged. So it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I mean, the thing to look for is like when the Rockets matched up previously against OKC, like we talked about, those three guys were just hunting Capella out and they were doing what they wanted. So now Capella's not there. Um, so can Houston like is Houston now able to contain or not? And I, I really don't know the answer to that question. I ran back the three games between them as much as I could. And it, I was actually surprised by Daniel House playing defense on Shea. Uh, he seemed to kind of have Shea's number defensively from what I saw. Uh, I saw some numbers that backed that up. But, you know, who knows? Uh, and Schroeder was just roasting Capella, like had his way with Capella, was stepping back, was blowing by. Like it was a huge problem. So can Houston now contain him? And then. Houston, I think Mike D'Antoni announced that they're relying on Eric Gordon to guard Chris Paul. So that's the other matchup. You know, Eric Gordon, for, uh, I don't think across the NBA he's known as like a shutdown defender, but to Houston fans, he uh, clamped Donovan Mitchell in the, in the past couple of years, specifically last year in the playoffs. And so they have high expectations of him. So is he able to guard Chris Paul? Has Chris Paul really lost a step? Like, I don't think we're going to know these things until game one. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and Nick, how do you feel about the – three-headed point guard monster that Billy Donovan's going to roll out here? And, and how do you think yeah. they're going to play? Uh, I think it's going to be even more important with Russell Westbrook out. I think D'Antoni does a great job of staggering Harden and Westbrook. There's always one of those guys out there to facilitate offense. And without Russ, that really exposes the bench. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder led the league in scoring off the bench this year. Uh, Oklahoma City was 33-16 and 16 when they outscored uh, opposing benches. So Without Russ and Harden being able to stagger throughout that middle portion of the game, I think that if Oklahoma City is going to have success, that might be one of the key points where where they just really dominate with that reserve play. And having three really, really good guys to stagger compared to Houston having Harden and kind of that question mark and Eric Gordon, I think is a huge advantage. And uh, that's going to be super interesting to me and is seeing how Dennis Schroeder plays against the the Houston bench. I want to agree. I want to I want to touch on what uh, what he said when he mentioned uh, the bench units. So uh, the one of the Rockets' worst lineups, or some of the Rockets' worst lineups this season, consistently have been their bench lineups led by Westbrook on with Harden off. Um, and so 
I'm actually interested to see because we haven't seen enough of the Rockets bench units with Harden off and no Westbrook on. But um, we saw, yeah, we saw some of it towards the end of the bubble, and they looked pretty good, surprisingly, almost because, like, I think teams were kind of thrown off by the fact that Harden and Westbrook weren't out there because Houston is so ISO heavy, right? So it was kind of more kicking around, driving, kicking until someone had something, and it seemed to work. I, I tweeted something to the effect of maybe we should question whether, you know, like Russ-led bench units are actually worse than just neither of them being out there. So I'm interested to see how that works, but I'm also scared that Dan Tony won't trust it enough. And you're going to see Harden playing like 44 minutes a night. So we'll see. Is yep. he coaching for his job, by the way? I think so. I, probably, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I'm I'm kind of at the end of my whatever, my rope, or whatever you want to call it, with Mike yeah. Dan Um, Specifically, that being one of the reasons he overplays people. But we'll see. I, I think he is. I think if Houston loses in the first round, a guy like Tillman Fertitta is going to make, you know, he's going to view that as some type of like personal slight and, you know, make a rash decision as a, on the, on the basis of that. It'll be interesting. I know we've got short time, so we'll get through some quick stuff here. I just want to know your underrated X factor. We know who the star players are here. Who's the guy that you think is going to step up for either team and, and perhaps decide the series, Nick? So mine is not necessarily underrated or, or a guy that's not a star, uh, but I think he's going to have a huge impact. We haven't mentioned his name yet. And Danilo Gallinari, um, we, we talked about a lot of guys that could play backup five or, or even, you know, play the five with, with the starters. And I think Gallo, um, there's no one on Houston's lineup or, or their roster that has the size to really contend with that high release point. He has, um, he's great in small ball situations. He actually has played really, really well against Houston this season. He's averaging like 10 or 11 rebounds a game in those three games, including Capella being on the floor. Um, you know, I, I could talk about this all day, but I think Danilo Gallinari is going to be absolutely huge in this series. Yeah, I agree. James, how about you? Um, this, New Orleans is playing, right? He is playing. Yeah. So I think he definitely could be an X factor because he has the, uh, he has, he's such a, a long athletic guy. He can content, he can contain on the perimeter. He's going to, you know, he's going to be a weak side shot blocker. So when they're playing five out, you can have New Orleans on the floor. He's sure he can't shoot, but, uh, he's a rim rolling threat. You know, he's a rim runner. Mm-hmm. A vertical threat. So yeah, Nerlens, Nerlens, the fact that Nerlens can come in and, and spell Adams and they don't lose anything defensively, that's gonna be a big deal. All, yeah. all the- and of course, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say Basley. I'm gonna say Basley at the five might be, you know, something that we're gonna see. He's he's a he's a lot like Jeff Green, except a little bouncier, younger, probably a little faster. So yeah, Basley at the five, Rook. Yeah, be fun to see. Yeah, Nerlens, Nerlens is uh, just just talking about perimeter defense in general. Not that I, you know, trust a center of any kind guarding on the perimeter. I'm much more comfortable with him out there than I am Stephen Adams, without a doubt. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Roosh, what? Who is your underrated X factor? Yeah, uh, it was 100% Gallinari was my answer. Uh, in the two wins that the Thunder had over Houston, I think he averaged 24 and 12. Uh, wow. shooting 50% from three, seven to 14. Um, Houston can like James Harden can actually guard him right. well, but there are also times where Gallo gets too deep and like Nick touched upon, he has that high release point and he kind of just turns around, barely jumps and like his touch is, is very good. So he can make that shot. Uh, another interesting matchup though to, to look out for is whether or not Robert Covington can guard him. Uh, Robert Covington is not strong necessarily relative to like, I think, I think Gallo outweighs him uh, by a decent amount. I'm not sure though. Um, but Covington is long enough right. to maybe make that release point to adjust it or, you know, something to that effect. So I think that's a big matchup to watch. But 
just going underrated X factors, maybe um, I think two people that I would pick would be possibly Steven Adams going either way. So like, is he playable? Because if he is, that's huge for OKC. If he's not, that's huge for Houston. So I think I'm not sure there's going to be a middle ground there. I think he's either going to, you know, be a part of the rotation or he's not. I, I'm leaning towards he's going to be useful for OKC, but I hope I'm wrong. Um, and then he and did then, break his knee though in the in the bubble, so we'll see if that impacts the way he can defend on the perimeter, especially. He hurt. He hurt. He missed two games in the bubble, so we uh, yeah, we are hoping that he is not going to be limping around. But I do not I generally do not. slows him down. Was he legit hurt, or is that like just what they said on the report? You saw it happen in the game. Yeah, and it's really impossible to tell with him because he just plays through everything. So the yeah. fact that he even sat was kind of impressive. So yeah, if, you know, if he's sitting, it's it's real without a doubt. No shit. No one on Rockets Twitter is talking about that. I, I didn't. I didn't know. That's yeah, yeah. that's that's big. Wow. It is. So I think that makes James' point about Nerlens, you know, even more important. And basically, I was going to touch on what James said with Baisley. Um, the Rockets typically, I think we talked about this as well. Like every fan base probably feels this way, but. Uh, the Rockets have this thing where a random role player would just light them up. You know, uh, Trey Burke for the Knicks, I think gave – or I'm sorry, Trey Burke for the for the Mavericks in the first game of the bubble, I think, was dropped like 30 points on like some crazy ridiculous percentage from three. It always happens to Houston. So Darius Baisley's that guy potentially. Uh, I think he's shooting 46% from three in the bubble, something yeah. crazy like that. So he's been on fire. Um, and if they're able to run him at the five, that could be big for them. Um, so as a Rocket fan, I'm kind of scared of that, uh, but we'll see. So yeah, I, I'd go Gallinari though, because if Houston can neutralize Gallinari, then OKC, like the matchup now becomes a lot slimmer, a lot more narrow and isolated to the guards and what the guards generate. But if Gallinari is that like extra alternative source of offense, I think Gallinari is the only player on OKC's roster that requires a double potentially from Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, look, if they're able to establish him and get doubles on him, then now Houston, I think has problems. So we'll see. Yeah, he didn't play particularly well in the in the bubble, but you know he's just one of those guys you can generally assume he's going to give you nineteen to twenty two on any given night on efficient shooting, and that's really what the Thunder need in this one. I think en- enough people aren't talking about the fact that OKC's got three guys that give you nineteen a night, and the fourth guy gives you eighteen, and that's Chris Paul. Right. I mean, I, I really feel like a lot of people on Rockets Twitter uh, are not happy with me because they feel like I'm giving too much credit to OKC and like I'm acting scared of OKC, but. I mean, they're solid across the board. Like, they execute their seventh-best defensive team in the in the league. Like, those are hard things to overcome and beat if you don't execute night in and night out. And now you're asking James Harden to do that exclusively, and that's tough. So, yeah. Now, if I could say, though, in the playoffs, as we know, these are a lot of young guys, right? So young guys might hey, – once you play the same team over and over again and they lock in defensively and there's no more – like, the variance kind of – everything kind of slows down and clogs up. That uh, that balance kind of goes away, and I think where the Houston Rockets have an advantage is that they're going to have the best player on the floor in James Harden, and in the playoff series, if your best player can win you two games, then you're already you know ahead of the game just by being the best player and breaking the defense. Um, Westbrook comes back and he's good. He might get you a game. Just have one of those games. So that's where the individual brilliance of those two can come in into play in the playoffs, and the depth might be a lot like, mitigated for the Thunder that in the playoff series where. Your top two or three players matter a lot more in a series. Yeah, I, I, think- I, I agree with everything. Um, and you're right. Like, you know, those balanced teams, tip, like, uh, you know, the teams that typically, oh, my God, they have so much depth. Like the Raptors of old, like, wow, they have so much depth. All that shit goes out the window in the in the crunch, right? I agree. And a guy like Kawhi is very valuable, exactly. Exactly, right. I agree. 
But uh, my fear is, so you said Houston has James Harden, best player in the series. Yes. However, yes. I'm scared that Oklahoma City has the best second through fifth with Gallo, Schroeder, uh, SGA, and CP3. That's, what I'm That's true. Right. Yep. That's what I'm afraid. Now, if Eric Gordon can become what Houston needs him to be, he can shake that up. He could be like the third best player, maybe fourth best player, potentially. But I've seen no evidence of that this season, so it's very, very hard. It's almost illogical for me to just be like, nah, Eric Gordon's about to come alive. It makes no sense. Um, if it happened, it would be against the odds, bar none. So, And then after that, like I said, Houston's got to go by committee. You know, One night, maybe Austin Rivers. One night, maybe Daniel House. One night, hopefully Covington can hit his threes instead of going two for 11. I think he's shooting like 20% from three in the bubble. We'll see. Maybe P.J. can hit his, his corner threes. Jeff Green gives us a night. But that's what Houston's going to need, and I think that that's a risky bet because you're betting on guys like Jeff Green. I mean, we've had the discussion about Jeff Green. You know what I mean, James? Yeah, I don't think anyone would trust Jeff Green. I, I, I say, I always say, if you're if you're depending on Jeff Green in a high leverage situation, you've already lost. You're in trouble, right? And so, and the way he's played for Houston so far, like he's been he's, good. He's been huge. I mean, I've been sitting there just like the the classic, like no, 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 yes, okay, yes, do it again. You know that kind of thing. And he's making the right reads, and maybe, maybe he just needed to play the five. And he's been a wing misplaced his whole career. But again, like if you look at the totality of it, that's just against the odds. Like the fact yeah. that for that to be fact is against the odds. So it's tough for me to go with it. Same with Austin Rivers. You know, you'll get your big Austin Rivers games, but you'll more than often not not get your big Austin Rivers game. You know, so I just don't know. Yeah, no, I I totally hear you. And let's just. Get straight to it here, guys. Who wins the series? James? Why do I got to go first? Um, <laughs> all right, so this this is Boomtown Hoops. So I got to say Thunder. Uh, no, so, yeah, I, I, the, the fan in me wants to say Thunder in seven. I like to see uh, – I want to see them continue the magical ride as long as possible. Hmm. Um, and it all depends on the health of Westbrook, I think. If, if he misses a game, you know, maybe two games and comes back – right around 100%. I'll say the Rockets in six. Um, if he's missing more time and he's really – he's hindered, then I, I'm going to say it's a coin flip to seven games, right, because uh, he, he means a lot to that team. But, uh, yeah, if I'm going to make a call, I'll say Rockets in six. All right. Well, I, I think all we're looking for is a competitive series, so uh, that certainly sounds like one of them. Nick, who wins the series? Yeah, I said at the top of the show, it comes down to do the Houston Rockets hit their threes or not, and I just don't see them having four games at a in which they go cold. Um, just the numbers aren't there. So I'm going to say Houston wins. Um, I want to say six, but I'll say seven, just with Russell Westbrook's uh, injury question marks. I'm going to say Rockets in seven. Okay, you're going to get some hate tweets for that, Roosh. Two hundred six. <laughs> Uh, no, what he's doing is that's called a reverse jinx is what he's doing. He's been doing the, the show. I, think. I know that trick. I use it often. Um, so just for clarity, by the way, uh, the, the official champs today said that the hope, the optimistic hope for Houston is that Russell plays game three. Right. And that's optimistic. So to me, that means he's definitely missing games one and two. And to me, that also means it sounds like he's going to miss game three and maybe he'll play game four. Um, and most realistically, they're probably going to make that decision based on the status of the series at the time. Um, that being said, the rational objective brain in me and maybe some of the pessimist in me, if Russell's out, finds it hard to say anything other than OKC in six or seven. 
Um, but the rocket fan in me and the believer in me and the faith that I have in Russell Westbrook's body to remorph itself at excessive and expedient speeds is going to say rockets in seven. Rockets in seven. So we're all thinking six, seven games. I can live with that. It's going to be competitive, man. Anyone that thinks it's going to be a cakewalk is extremely tripping. The only way it's a cakewalk, in my opinion, is if Houston is ice cold. Who's the first player ejected? I didn't have that on my list, but just curious. I figure there's going to be a lot of technicals in this one. Hmm. Somehow, Russ, even though he's missing. Russ, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'll say uh, I'm gonna say PJ Tucker. PJ's gonna he's gonna foul the heck out of somebody, get a flavor too, and get kicked out. PJ Tucker and Steve Adams are about to throw hands, and they're both getting ejected. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm not. I would not want to see PJ Tucker go for hands and Steve Adams. Well, it'd be interesting. Before we he- head out, Nick, where can people find you and and what you're uh, writing these days? Yeah, at Crane NBA, um, Slam Online for NBA uh, league wide stuff, and then Forbes for the Thunder. All right. Roosh? Um, at Roosh Williams, the way it's written on the screen, assuming that it is written on the screen on Twitter. Um, I just started a podcast, The Noble and Roosh Show, which you can find on all platforms. Dropping an episode tomorrow with Karan Butler. Um, and I also uh, occasionally host a podcast on the Clutch City Control Room at CCC Room. I don't know. Clutch City Control Room. I, it, I would be remiss not to mention Roosh getting into a, a fairly extensive uh, by Twitter standards, conversation with Kevin Durant today. So you, everyone needs to go check that out. Uh, do you have anything to say? Are Thunder fans just all in your mentions at this point? Man, uh, when it gets like that, I just start skipping the mentions. Uh, like they're, they're still going off right now. People just people just start arguing in your mentions with each other, and like you, you kind of get a taste of some of the crazy things that people say to um, to celebrities on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just kind of wild. But uh, now it was funny. You know. I, I didn't tag KD. I didn't name him. I don't know how he saw it. I don't know why he saw it, but he saw it. Uh, so I kind of feel, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but something positive, I guess. Like, that's cool. KD saw it and felt the need to respond. It's pretty cool. Um, we kept it civil, and then I used it to plug him, hopefully opting out of uh, his next deal and coming to Houston to get to get a title with Westbrook and Harden the right way. So I saw that. I just wanted to add before we go, that's awful. And it's literally all of our worst nightmare. As Thunder fans, if that happened, what what would be running through your body? Like, what would you feel? Uh, pure fear, maybe. Uh, a lot of regret. Things I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. It's it just can't happen. Basically, it would honestly be the coolest way for his story to end. But yeah, it would be like complete, complete, yeah. and absolute pain for Thunder yeah, 30 fans. Thirty for thirty, pretty quick. Yeah, the thirty for thirty is already going to be ridiculous. That would just be the icing on the cake there. And James, you know a thing or two about getting crazy Twitter mentions. Where can people find you? Uh, just on Twitter. Uh, I don't write anywhere anymore. Um, I guess I'm doing a podcast with a guy, uh, uh, the Flagrant 2 podcast. Um, we did a pod with my man, rapper Big Pooh from Little Brother. Oh, um, yeah, man. So that's crazy. None of you guys even re- listen to it. You guys all. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'll just uh, – I guess check it out the podcast on it'll be in my it'll be in my bio on Twitter. That's not dripping. Perfect. Definitely check out these guys. Support them. I appreciate you fellas coming on and talking about the series with me. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We're, we're thinking six, seven games at least uh, across the board here. And uh, before I kick it over to the Boomtown Hoops team for a quick 
question and answer on Twitter. Uh, just want to say thanks for joining us. And fellas, thanks again. And good night. folks the twitter stars are off the thunder fans are on and look <laughs> some might call series previews a pointless exercise that will only confuse the mind but not us i'm bobby howard and i'm joined by some of boomtown's finest we got cody b we got josh calloway and we got jesse it's post here i can't see your last name but we are here to talk some thunder in the absolute only way we know how. Biased, overly optimistic, and honestly, dangerously obsessed with Ludor. Anyways, let's just get it started. That was an exciting, exciting uh, show we had there. Uh, shout out to Weston Shepard for uh, running that show. Shout out to all our guests. So it's good to have a differing perspective there. But let's just let's just get right into it. So. Josh, I'm going to let you start. What is the big question for you um, entering this series for the Thunder? I, I would say probably the biggest question for me is how much can they limit, obviously, James Harden and just the three-point shooting of the Rockets in general. I know that's kind of an easy thing to say, but just that, that feels like the X factor of the series. And the guys talked about it um, in the show before we hopped on here was, you know, it seems like the best – in, I don't want to say only because that sounds a little too harsh, but the best chance for Oklahoma City to win the series is to keep Houston somewhat at bay with that three-point shooting that they're they're so well known for. And it's going to come down to how much the Rockets are able to get loose, hit their shots. PJ Tucker, James Harden, what are Eric Gordon? You know, I mean, we know Harden's going to get his, but what is Tucker doing? What is Covington doing? What is Eric Gordon doing? Are those guys going to be hot and have a big series, or is the, are the Thunder going to keep them at bay? And it feels like it really as simple as that, as it comes down to. Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, all those Rockets guys, can the Thunder keep them off the three-point line somewhat well? If they do, they'll be fine. If they don't, it's going to be tough. Jesse, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, everyone's already kind of talked about the matchup issues, especially for a guy like Steven Adams. So I don't know. It's going to be fun to see how that plays out and I think they've also got to take advantage of when Harden is on the bench and they've absolutely got to control the game when he's not in so I guess those are the main things I'm watching out for speaking of Harden our guy Sean has been going absolutely hard in the comments uh this entire time yeah thanks for watching Sean he seems to think that keeping Harden off the line definitely a huge key and then also Steven Adams he's uh I I Seems to be a big proponent. Pro proponent. I don't know if he'll be in the uh, on the court long enough to get twenty and fifteen, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. So, Cody, your turn. What do you think? Yeah, kind of like you guys have been saying. I think a lot of it's going to come down to um, if they're able to, you know, play really good perimeter defense, or if they're able to keep uh, people off the line. You know, Harden loves to feast at the free throw line. 
Um, and then I also think it's going to come down to injuries. You know, how long is Russ going to be out? Uh, Roosh mentioned it. You know, I hadn't seen that they might he might be out game three or four. And I think that could really change the series and effect for the Thunder. If you don't have Russell Westbrook out there that you're playing against for three or four games, it's going to be really tough for those guys in Houston to uh, keep their shooting and uh, playing defense well against our three guards that like to penetrate the lane and uh, get some mismatches. So it's really going to come down to a whole different bunch of things. Um, excited to see how it plays out. For sure. It, I mean, it's, I think of all the series so far in the first round, the Thunder Rockets won by far the most interesting. It's hard to pick a certain oh, yeah. one. Um, honestly, to me, I think it's going to be the nature of how the Thunder deal with trying to match Houston small ball versus exerting, uh, asserting their will with uh, Steven Adams and their larger style of play. Um, that duel of styles is going to be interesting. Uh, as well as seeing how Houston's, you know, hot three-point shooting, um, if it's there. Against the Thunder, they've been absolutely horrible uh, from the three. James Harden in particular, um, abysmal across three games. He's shooting, I believe, 18.5% from three. So you can't expect that to to happen again for a full seven-game series. Mm. However, the pathway to success is there. Um, And as the guys mentioned earlier – one of the big things here, one of the big unknowns for this series, we've never seen this Houston team as constructed. Uh, all of the matchups we've had have, have included Clint Capella, um, a matchup that the Thunder exploited at great length. Um, but now there's no Capella. So, uh, Cody, I got to ask, like, how do you see this new small ball Rockets um, – how do, you, how do you think the Thunder can still be successful despite the massive roster kind of overhaul? And uh, I guess really more of it, it's a philosophical overhaul, but still, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you have those three guards. Um, if they're going to play small, I mean, you throw those three out there. You throw Gallo and uh, maybe if Dort's, you know, available, throw Dort out there. You go If you want to go small, you can go small like that. Uh, you, can, you also have the versatility of Baisley for a four or five, and then, you know, if you want to throw Andre Robertson out there for five to 15 minutes, spot minutes on some, uh, you know, defending Harden if he can, or some of those other guys on the perimeter, you know, I would trust him more than Steven Adams at some points, you know, uh, playing defense out there. So, and then you also have Nerlens Noel that can come in and uh, play some pretty good defense and rim run and, you know, catch some lobs and that kind of stuff. So I don't really think there's an issue as far as matching up with the Rockets. I think it really comes down to, like we said, playing good defense, not fouling. And then, uh, you know, Houston had it happened to get hot and hit their threes. Certainly, certainly. Um, Jesse, so our guy Lou Dort. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. It hurts to even talk about. I'm worried about him. But he's been clearly very effective against Harden in the two matchups he's gone against him. Uh, how badly do the Thunder need Lou Dort back out there to really enforce their will in the series? You know, I think luckily – we do have some really good backup options to guard Harden. However, I don't think we're as comfortable with those as we are with Lou. I think I've been talking about that matchup since I knew it was going to be Thunder Rockets. Um, you just worry about putting Dre out there. We don't know um, really what that's going to look like. We all know how long he was out. And then, you know, if we have to put someone like Diallo on him, um, 
I just worry about him being able to be disciplined enough to not put him on the foul line. So I don't want to like hold the whole series up on Lou Dort, but that is the matchup that I'm most excited for. So hopefully he's able to go. Definitely a battle of the Sun Devils, both Harden and Dort went to <laughs> yeah. Arizona State. True. Um, yeah, uh, I guess kind of small known fact, I guess, but not really. I mean, kind of played major college basketball. I don't know. I got to give a shout out to our guy, Pat McGonagall. He is McGonagall. I've, I've, I swear I've seen Harry Potter. Uh, Pat McGonagall, uh, he's been providing some great analysis here. Uh, earlier in our conversation, uh, not with us, the other, uh, other crew, brought up a bit of questions about the small ball. Uh, particularly, particularly uh, with Gallinari playing five, you know, little concerns with Covington, you know, maybe be able being able to step out there, uh, and then Baisley with Tucker, kind of an issue. Um, Josh, how do you think this small ball lineup? What what version of the uh, Thunder's small ball lineup trying to match Houston would you like to see out there? What do you think would be most effective? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, obviously, Steve is not the guy you want out on the perimeter. Um, I agree with Nick Crane actually said it, um, you know, uh, before we hopped on here with Nerlens Noel's ability to guard the perimeters a lot, you know, have a lot more confidence there than, than Steve Adams. But if you're going to go more of a small ball, obviously not have like a, a true five. Um, I, I think Gallinari, I mean, I agree with the sentiments that, that Covington can give Gallinari some problems, but um, I think that that is a match that still favors the Thunder, uh, generally speaking. I think you do Gallup the five and um, not to just go back on, on what we just already touched on, but as far as who you put in Dort's spot until he's there, I we talked about it earlier today in the Discord. I imagine it'll be Terrence Ferguson, but I'd really like to see Andre Robertson just get, get the handle. Let's just go for it. You know, he's he's back. Um, he's looked good at times. The three-point shot has been a lot better. Um, I think – I like to see us just give Dre the shot and put him in the lineup, go small ball with Dre at the four, Gallinari at the five, and just try it out. I mean, the odds are at the end of the game, you're going to have the three guards, Steve and, and Gallinari anyway. So it's not like it's you know a life or death thing. I think you try it and you let Robertson try to prove he's really back. But as far as, as, far as the small ball lineup, Gallinari, I think, is, is still your best bet at the five for what he provides offensively more than anything. For sure. I personally uh, – I personally – kind of favor Baisley just because he has that length to really bother shooters. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of quick feet, speed, athleticism to keep up with him on, on the wing. I, I'm honestly excited uh, to see how he's going to do it. I know youth and experience you know, guys never, you know, never played a playoff game before. Uh, he, he's a, as rookie as rookie can get. The guy hasn't even played college before. So yeah. Um, before, yeah. Before this year. So Obviously, big test for Baisley. I still think he can be excellent. Um, but a lot of people seem to really uh, think we have some solid defenders. Shout out to uh, MKR2400 that thinks we have several elite defenders ready. Um, and then also, a uh, little bit of talk from New York Lahoman. Not a lot of talk of Andre, both with uh, – uh, you touched on him a little bit. Uh, the original conversation didn't really touch on him a ton. I'm interested to see how much of an impact he will have. Um, we obviously saw him a ton in the bubble games and preseason, but I wonder if he's going to be ready to take on a challenge like James Harden, uh, even at small minutes. Um, I think that's going to be a very interesting key for the Thunder if they're able to play Andre Robertson really at all. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Cody, do you think there's any chance we see Dre in meaningful minutes going down the line? 
I think you kind of have to. Um, he's one of the better defenders that we probably have. You know, he's looked relatively good uh, in these eight seeding games. Obviously, nowhere near the level he was uh, before he got hurt a couple years ago. But I mean, you have to at least throw him out there for just to try him, try him out on someone. I mean, he's probably more of a four or five uh, as far as defensive right now. You know, that's going back to where he was in college. You know, they converted him from a power forward to a shooting guard, and it seemed to work. Uh, it really just comes down to is his lateral quickness going to be enough to get through those screens and stay up with someone like Harden and Russ. You know, he might be better suited to guard someone like a Jeff Green or a Robert Covington or a P.J. Tucker uh, and keep them at bay on the perimeter and not give the give them the open shots on the perimeter. So I think you have to play him. I really would like to see him. Uh, kind of like Josh said, um, we're probably going to see Ferguson start. So, uh, But I would have also liked to see maybe Dre get a, maybe get the start too. So. We have seen Ferguson uh, really bother Harden in the past. I'd like to see him out there. I know he has issues with his confidence in shooting, but defensively is what we need at that two position. Uh, stopping James Harden, particularly with Russell Westbrook being out for a couple games, is easily the uh, key to me, in, you know, at least early on in this series. So here's a question from someone we, you know, y'all haven't obviously heard from in a while. Uh, the previous host of the show, a couple uh, as of a couple minutes ago, uh, Weston asked, uh, "Is the series bigger for Russ's legacy or Harden's legacy?" Jesse, I'm going to let you start on that one. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to lean Russ because he left to get the ring, so I feel like. You know, everyone's paying attention to that. I know that James Harden has been the face of the Rockets for a little bit, but my attention's obviously more on Russ. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, of course, we think about Russ and, you know, this being obviously a huge chance for him to, you know, really pull off, you know, a championship. Uh, Sean seems to agree that it is Russ for sure. Because <laughs> Harden has no legacy in his volume. <laughs> I really, honestly, I, I should have done a better job as a producer earlier. And this guy, honestly, uh, I think Roosh could have just roasted this guy for a solid three hours on these takes. Now, just that's entertaining. Yeah, that would be so entertaining. Um, I actually think it is hard now because I think there's a big thing. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not going to post that last comment. <laughs> um, I think it's probably hard. Because obviously Westbrook is going to be out sometime. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of NBA discourse about players is, oh, can they do it on their own? And I think a lot of the blame will be shouldered on Harden if he cannot perform well without Russell Westbrook, um, you know, in the game. That being said, if Harden goes, wins both games without Russ and things somehow take a dip when Russell returns – Oh, that is a disaster on Russ's end. Um, like that, then yeah, it's everyone saying Russ is the problem. It's going to come out of the woodwork. I guarantee you, you're going to get to see it out of a lot of Heat, or not Heat fans, uh, Rocket fans as well. But anyone else have a take on uh, the Westbrook Harden legacy question about this? I mean, I, I'll hop in. I mean, I definitely think that. I think the series is a lot bigger, assuming it's close when Russ gets back. And I, I tend to think that he's going to play game three, um, truthfully. Um, it's it's bigger for Russ. I mean, he's got this stigma following him, you know, that 
he just puts up – it's kind of similar to Harden's, but different in that he just puts up a lot of numbers regular season, and that he hasn't been out of the first round since, you know, since Kevin Durant was on his team. And if if he, you know, respectfully asked to be traded from the Thunder, the Thunder deal him to Houston, he gets to buddy up with his partner, James Harden, and they go lose in the first round again, this time to the Thunder – that's rough. I mean, I, I actually feel for us a little bit in the memes are going to be everywhere. He's going to be getting just ripped apart on social media if the Thunder win this series. And so um, I think Harden kind of already has a bit of a, a stigma to him of, you know, really good score. He's probably not going to win a title as, as the best player on a team where Russ at least needs to shake that first round. And especially with it being against the Thunder it's it's big. Russ needs this series W really, really badly. Cody, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's definitely Russ's legacy. You know, he kind of gets a pass. Uh, you know, if he's out for most of this series, it's going to be tough for them to win. I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, you get traded to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. Thunder only had you know BPI gave the Thunder a point two percent chance to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Now they're in a matchup with them in the four five it would just be terrible for Russ's legacy uh, for him to lose to us this series. Uh, you know, been here 12 years. He was here 12 years. He didn't get out of the first round once KD left. And then you go and leave and go and try to form a, a new super team with Harden. And then you get bounced by CP3 and a bunch of young guns. I mean, <laughs> it would just not look good. So not good. It'd be a tough look, a very tough look for our guy. Um, but, okay. So I got to ask this as well. I know I keep saying I got to ask, but that doesn't matter. Um, this is the third series we've played against Houston in the 11 years we've been making the playoffs. It's kind of a thing here. Uh, and, you know, with a natural geographical kind of connection between us and Houston, is this the Thunder's rival? Or is it someone else? I will uh, I'll let Josh take this one from the top. Hmm. Number one rival just all time or as it stands today? Uh, different. You can you can do it both. You can do it both. I think as it stands today, I would still say Portland. Just I don't know. Maybe that's a bad opinion, but I, I think overall Houston for sure. I mean they've they've played Houston so consistently in all the different eras too. The Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook era, the just Russ era, and now this. And you know trading players, Harden, Chris Paul. They even have Jeff Green. It seems like they've they've always been intertwined. Definitely the Thunder Rockets. They've always seemed to you know Russ and Patrick Beverly beef. It just seems like it's. There's always been something there. There's always it seems like you could take any Thunder season and the Thunder Rockets games were always anticipated every every single year. I don't know if that's necessarily true with any other team, really. So I guess I would say that if you had to pick one, it probably if you'd asked me before, like two, three years ago, I probably would have said the Spurs. But with them kind of falling off a little bit, I think the Rockets are definitely right there. Just the natural, like you said, geographical Oklahoma, Texas. They play in the postseason several times. And like I said, just the Harden thing. Now Russ is there. We have Chris Paul. It, I definitely think if you had to pick one, I, I don't know who else you would go with other than the Rockets. Great answer. Uh, Cody, your thoughts all time. Biggest rival uh, is not even in the NBA right now. I think it's going to be Seattle whenever they get a team. Uh, but as far as definitely. right now, uh, yeah, it's got to be Houston. I mean, they got Harden, uh, Russ, Jeff Green, Tabo Cephalosha. They basically are trying to recreate the 2012 uh OKC Thunder squad. So I think uh, definitely they're our biggest rival right now. You know, I always love watching a, a Houston OKC game. I was actually in the arena for uh, the game that Russ got hurt whenever Patrick Beverly ran into him. And uh, it's not been the same since. So I'm going to stop talking about the Houston Rockets. 
Put a hop in real quick. Before Jesse, Roosh back in the in the first show. I, I feel like they're two separate shows on those. He mentioned Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant coming to the Rockets and reuniting with Harden and Russ and winning a title. I almost threw my computer. That was the worst thing I've ever heard. I I can't I believe. Up. I've never even heard that suggested. Is that a thing? Could that happen? Because if it does, I'll never be the same. So that better I, not happen. It's it honestly might be second to the Thunder moving back to Seattle. It is like the worst thing I can think of. That would be. I, I hate that. I hate it entirely. I I'm, I'm I do not like it. Get it away from me. Get it off my show. For what uh, it's worth. For what it's worth. Zero percent chance Russ and KD ever play together again. So uh, yeah, no I'm not too worried about it. But just the thought, it really made me feel a little sick inside. Just dirty. It was it was bad. Jesse, did that thought did that thought push you over the edge to think that Houston's the worst? Or, um, or is there another team you hate more than the Rockets? I think she froze a little bit. That's okay. You know, She's coming. Josh. Um, I mean, it's like the storylines there with Houston, and I don't think we can really fight it anymore. I think for right now, it probably is the Rockets. So. Fair. I see. I personally, you know, it it ebbs, it flows. You know, I think early on we really hated uh, Dallas. We went through the phase that everyone goes through, where they think that the Lakers are their rival. Um, but yeah. almost through. But I, I, I agree. Through it all, it's Houston on several occasions. Obviously, the the initial sin of losing Harden to uh, who is honestly everyone's favorite player in 2012, losing them to the Rockets, horrible blow. He's he is our Babe Ruth. I hate it. Uh, so that, then, not even a year later, literally months later, you have Beverly take out Westbrook's knee, completely unapologetic. Everything is ignited. Nothing's the same. Um, but even going to you know that fierce MVP debate between Westbrook and Harden, the amount of Russ slander, it makes me honestly sick to see Westbrook on them because they do not appreciate him at all, and it. Just just seeing them have to backtrack, have to backpedal like 40 miles back to, you know, say, oh, yeah, we always liked Russ. It's insane. Um, and then now, here we are, another series. The beef just keeps getting more and more, and more intense. So I, I, it's got to be Houston. As much as I would love to reject it, it's, it's the Rockets. Um, yeah, I mean, like <laughs> I said, I, I don't know if there's any other team that you could – say over the entire course of the thunder because i mean you have like i said spurs maverick you could even for a time argue maybe the grizzlies were one of the biggest rivalries of the thunder but the rockets have always kind of been there it seems like at least since the hardened trade which was so early in the thunder so it's you know it's been a long time i yeah i agree thunder or thunder rockets for sure for sure case savage is an interesting point he hated the rockets and then I, it seems like that patrick beverly hate just travels to whatever team and just yeah. floats around about. I still hate Pat Bev. Can't stand the guy. Oh, I just whipped my. <laughs> That's why good I AirPods people. No free ads. Uh, <laughs> he also points out the Grizz. I always saw them as more of an annoyance than anything. You know, uh, they they always seemed like the the scrappy underdog who shouldn't have been there in the first place. And you mm -hmm. know, their style of play annoyed the crap out of me. I hated watching those games, but. Um, John is back with another heater. He says Harden likes to eat, eat baby roof. Closest to that analogy. Um, if you've ever seen uh, Caddyshack, you know. Uh, 
Anyways, that's enough uh, rivalry talk for now. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Make our season our series predictions. It's okay. You don't have to be. You can give the homer pick, and then you can give the less homer pick. We're all friends here. That's all good. So I'll let Jesse go to start this off. Uh, do you have your? Do you, are you ready to go? My series prediction. Series prediction. Let's go. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm glass half full to like a fault. So I know that the Thunder can beat the Rockets. Is it going to be a tough series? Absolutely. Um, even with Russ out, James Harden has the potential to do James Harden things. So I know that's going to be a challenge. I am pretty defeated with the Lou injury. And I think seeing how they proceed from there is going to be big. I do agree. It's not what I would want, but I do think they'll probably start Ferg. So seeing what he's able to do, what Dre's able to come in and do. I did a bad thing and I watched all these defensive highlight reels of Dre over the weekend. So I'm fully on board with that, even if he can be a portion of that. I'm gonna lock in Thunder and Six. Thunder and Six, I like it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's optimistic, but I feel like they are able to do it, so we'll just have to see. I love it. As as blipped up, uh, Sean agrees. Thunder and six. Uh, Kate Savage thinks right. Dre brought some juice back to the team, but Cody, I agree. Oh, definitely has an energy. Cody, your thoughts? How do you see the series ending up? Are we thrilled and get to produce more content into the into the late summer, or are we sit sitting at home wishing we had that draft pick? <laughs> uh, I think this one's going the distance. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions on the series, uh, injuries to Russ and Dort, you know, who's going to come back faster. Is Russ going to be out multiple games? Is Dort going to be out multiple games? Are we going to be able to match up against Houston small ball? Um, or are we even going to try to match them? Are we just going to play our game, keep Adams in there and see if he can feast? You know, that's one thing the Rockets are going to lose with Russell being out is uh, their ability to rebound. And they're even not with Russell, they're not a great rebounding team. So I can just imagine our big guys are going to just feast on the boards, especially Steven on the offensive side. Um, so if he can play significant minutes and if we can get good rotation minutes from, you know, some of our bench guys like Baisley, uh, Robertson and uh, Noel, I think it's going to be hard for Houston to keep up with us. And uh, I think OKC takes this one in seven. Um, even if Russ comes back, say, game two, game three, I really just kind of think that we're just kind of an even kill team. We're not going to get too high, not going to get too low. I think we're going to be able to grit, grit out some games and uh, play a lot of crunch, a lot of crunch time uh, series this, uh, this matchup. So I'm excited. For sure. That's a great take there. I, 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 just as long as the Thunder get out, I'm good. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, it's funny. I feel like, genuinely, if you look at the entire NBA playoff picture, picture, this is probably, honestly, the one series, I think, that doesn't have a distinct favorite, really. I think the other seven all have a team that clearly should win. This is the one that's really the hardest to tell how it's going to go. As I said earlier, I think Russ is going to play by Game 3. I, I, I think that if there's any – they said optimistic he'll play for Game 3. That means he's playing Game 3 to me because uh, Russell Westbrook's going to get out there and play. Um, if the Thunder take the first two – then obviously they're in great, great shape for us. Because back when they just split, you got to like the Rockets' chances. 
it's hard. I'm going to go. I, I think Oklahoma City wins in seven. Um, you know, maybe I'm, you know, being a homer there. I was surprised nobody picked the Thunder on the, the show before us. But um, that's just how I think. I mean, like we said a, a ton of times, regular season success always isn't a, a great uh, barometer for the postseason, especially because the Rockets were so different now than then. But I feel like they've played well against the Rockets. I think Harden's not going to be able to do it on his own until Russ gets back. And then by the time Russ gets back, they won't be able to dig out of the hole that uh, they'll have created. I think Thunder win the series in seven games. I like it. I like it a lot. So there's an interesting take I saw here that I think is absolutely key to this. Uh, Thunder thought, thanks, uh, asked which of Oklahoma City play, City's players needs to play well for the Thunder to get the series win. And I don't know if there's specifically one because the strength of this team has always been the three-point guard lineup. And I'll say this. If the Thunder want to win any game in this series – it's going to come down to two things, exerting their play, slowing the ball down, you know, making sure uh, Houston doesn't get open threes, you know, really bringing the game to a choppy mess. And that is where the three point guards really thrive in this, um, you know, have thrived all season. So either, either SGA, Chris Paul, or Dennis Schroeder, one of those guys needs to go off at any time in order for this, um, for, for the team to win a game. Now, I, I think sometimes it's by committee. I think this. Um, I, I, I think that's the biggest strength of this team is you, you don't have to worry about one guy being good, and if that, if that falls out, it's over. But at the end of the day, I, I'm going to go with the Thunder and seven. I think they're more versatile than the Rockets. Uh, James Harden, while it, I, I recognize is an absolute nuclear weapon on offense, uh, I don't know. I, I think the Thunder's consistency does enough to sustain and, you know, take the blows of a, a Harden 60-point game or a crazy, you know, James Harden performance. I, I think it's it's good enough, consistent enough to really chop the tree down, you know, get results. Uh, Sean thinks it's Gallinari, which I honestly love Gallinari. I think he his, his shooting, his efficiency is going to be key. We definitely need to see him step up in the uh, – from what we've seen already in the bubble. Um, but also, I don't know, it, it, it's it's about styles. And if the Thunder can assert theirs versus the Rockets, and if that doesn't happen, how well can they handle the small ball, quick pace that Houston presents? Uh, so that's my long-winded take. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I think that's about it. We've been talking for a while. As a, as a full Boomtown crew, we're on – quite a bit but uh you know this has been fun you know we we've uh all have loved talking about this um you know after every game and we're going to continue doing this down the stretch of the playoffs and uh we we're not going to stop until uh the thunder lose so uh anyways i appreciate it sean thank thank you appreciate the support i i also you know I, honestly they probably do have vodka the grand, grand floridian that's you oh, know yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Anyways, um, if you haven't heard already, we have an awesome Discord. You got to check it out if you hadn't already. Uh, it's a perfect place to, you know, watch the games or, you know, hey, I'm just saying if you're at work, sneak a couple, uh, you know, like game chats in. It's great. I mean, we won't tell anyone. But anyways, before we head out, last thoughts, Josh, what do you have to say? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be wild. Uh, I can't believe we're playing. It's like, is the NBA fixed or something? I can't believe we drew the Rockets, and that's how it wound up. Of course, we're playing Harden and Russ right off the bat, CP3. It's going to be an unbelievable series. Enjoy it. It's going to be awesome. I, I can't help but wish that this series was in a normal year. We could have these games in Oklahoma City and in Houston just for the crowds. It would be insane. Um, I think it's going to come down to SGA. They need SGA big time. I'm, I'm confident that, that CP3, Gallinari, the veteran guys are going to be there. SGA is one of the best players in the team who's also extremely young. They need SGA. I think he's going to step up. I think he's going to – this is a chance for it to be kind of his really, really burst onto the scene nationally moment. And um, it's been touched on a bunch, but free throw shooting, keeping Harden off the line as best they can, and the Thunder making their free throws. Outside of CP3 – and I, maybe Dennis, is there anybody that you are 100% confident will make free throws at the end of a game to win it? I'm not, truthfully. So SGA, Steven Adams, give us make as many as you can. Free throw shooting is going to be huge in the playoffs, always is. So those are the two small keys, SGA and make your free throws. Certainly. Jesse, final thoughts? Um, Bobby, this one's for you. I was listening to the – Locked on Rockets series preview earlier. And it's particularly played well in the early games. And I know it's not a 12, 1 o'clock start, but are we going to see the brunch god Darius Baisley? I think if Steven Adams isn't able to stay out there, we do have to kind of look at different options. I think that is a good thing. We do have different options. I don't think the Rockets really do. Obviously, what they do, they do well, but there's not, like, a backup plan. So, for us, we could maybe put Baisley at the five. I know we talked about Gallo as well, but that's another option out there. And I'm curious to see if he can continue kind of what he started. For sure. I, I mean, we have a couple early ones, not too early. It's more of a, you know, late lunch god, yes. Baisley. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't flow off the tongue as well. But you know what? I'm, I'm all in for some really good bubble Baisley games. Um, anyways, I love it. I love the take, uh, Cody final thoughts. Yeah, I think we've kind of summed it up. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm ready for this emotional roller coaster that this series is going to be, uh, especially when Russ gets back in, you know, it's going to be just, you know, crazy to see him playing for Houston, obviously going to want to bust his, you know, what, as much as we can and get past him. Uh, cause it's all about the thunder in my book, you know, obviously one of my favorite players of all time, but it's all about the thunder right now. And, uh, yeah, just ready to watch this series and uh, have some good times on the Discord talking to you guys and everyone else that's in there. So um, if you have not joined yet, make sure and join, and uh, we'll have a good time. For sure. I'd give you my final thoughts, but I've honestly talked way too much. But, guys, thank you all so much for joining. This has been fun. Yeah, it's great. Oklahoma, oh, city thunder. Hey, hey, 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 we like to rock in the OKC, in the OKC, in the OKC. We like to rock in the OKC, in the OKC.